Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to um, Winchester Radio tonight. We will be talking about Supernatural's series finale episode. Um, It will also be Winchester Radio podcast final episode for a first-run Supernatural. Um, Who knows? We may pop up again, but it will be our final podcast for first-run episode as well. Um, The title of the final episode was Carry On. It was written by Andrew Dabb and directed by Robert Singer, which um, has been the tradition for the past couple of seasons. Um, (laughs) Andrew Dabb, (laughs) we've known that he was going to write this finale for a while, and you kind of wonder what Andrew Dabb we were going to get. (laughs) And and I thought about it, and I was like, and... And then, and then we got the episode, and it was, frankly, pretty amazing. You know, nothing's perfect, but it was very well done and well written. And it just reminded me of the scene in Swan Song when Sam is battling Lucifer in his head because it made me think Andrew, the red meat Andrew Dab was, was battling the terrible you know, Andrew Dab from the past two seasons, and he was he was like, you know, don't worry, you know, it's it's okay, it's going to be okay, got him, you know, and the, the bad, the old Andrew Dab, and Red Meat Andrew Dab wrote this episode, <laughs> thank goodness, um, and it was just terrific, and I thought it made a beautiful season, a series finale, and it was it was just absolutely heartbreaking and it was not some of the events that I, I, <laughs> that I wanted that I actually wished for, I don't know, a couple seasons ago or whenever it was, I had kind of a Pollyanna wish that Sam and Dean would retire together and, and live an old life and die of old age, probably either together or very close to each other because that's what happens when you're, with someone for 60 years, you usually follow close behind when they pass away. Um, and it, it was, it was not that. <laughs> and uh, Dean died on a, on a plain old vamp hunt and um, just in the middle of a fight. And sometimes that's how life happens. You know, there's nothing dramatic about it. There's nothing unusual about it. Um, it's just the way it is. And I, I won't say Dean let his guard down because he doesn't do that, but it's like most car accidents take place a block from your house because it's familiar and you're used to it and you aren't thinking. Um, there was a, a real-life accident. There was a, a motorcycle rider who got in an accident and was killed in this accident not far from where I work. And I, I read the story about it in the newspaper, and it said he'd just gotten back from a 5,000 motorcycle trip around the United States, got home, great trip, not a scratch on him, and literally three blocks from where he lived, that's where he got in the accident. And that's what just made me think of it, because it's just it just makes it 
extra tragic. It's like Dean said, I did not think this would happen today. But, you know, there it is. And um, it it was, and, and if you, not you guys, but just sort of the collective you has a, has an issue with the way the way the story went that Sam lives and keeps his promise to Dean to to carry on, just like the title. I do not know what show you have been watching for fifteen years because that's that's the way it's always been. This is a tragic story. Um, it's about love and family and and grief. And I know both of them have cheated death so many times. And by by coming through with no more, you know, angels or, de- or the demons are taken care of and whatever, they were just stuck with monsters. Well, that's what happens. And sometimes life is like that. And I would have loved to have seen them go together because it just hurt so much to watch Dean die and then, even worse was watching Sam try to go on without Dean. And I can, I can say that he lived and survived, but I don't know that he was complete and lived and was always happy. I mean, he loved, I believe he loved his son and I believe he found moments of joy. He got married, but his his real home his 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 love was waiting in the and his life was waiting for him in in heaven and when i say his his love you can see that love between sam and dean as anything you want and but i believe ultimately their love transcends every description and category you can give it because it's it's in their heart and it's in their soul and it's been the foundation of this show for 15 seasons and um, it was just it was just beautiful to watch um, episode um, crying <laughs> spent most of the t- my time after the episode crying and again today at random times and and um and just punishing myself and watching videos and looking at you know images and gifts and whatever all day because um I was telling Becky and, and her too we watched it twice but I felt like I watched it many more times because it was everywhere. <laughs> and so many, everybody had so many wonderful thoughts about it and found comparisons to pa- uh, episodes in the past and things Sam and Dean have said to each other in the past and parallels to other episodes. And um, I, we've, been, we've been rough on Andrew Dabb for a while, but I, I, I got to give him credit on, on this one because I thought it was terrific. And I have a lot more notes, but I don't want to. Don't want to talk the entire time. So, how did you guys feel? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> uh, pretty much the same. I mean, I was surprised that Dean died so fast. I didn't. I expect. I, I figured that they would die in the episode, 
but I thought it would be both of them towards the end. I didn't think it would be one on his own. And so, you know, so soon in the episode and yeah, I, I just sat there and bawled my eyes out from that point on. And yeah, it was, it was, it was perfect. It was beautiful. I've said that a million times today. It was a beautiful episode. It was a perfect episode. It was the only way for Supernatural to end. To end, Supernatural from episode one has been the story of Sam and Dean. Yes, they have found many friends and family along the way, but it's always them. It's always Sam and Dean. And for it to have gone any other way with anybody else, it, that would have been wrong if anybody else was there. For Bobby to be there at the end, that was perfect because Bobby is the only character that has been in every single season since the show started. Jim Beaver and Bobby both deserve to be in that episode for that little bit that they were there. They, you know, I'm sure they would have loved to have gotten Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Sam Smith, you know, to be there. But with, especially with COVID and Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a huge star now, you know, they, they just really couldn't do that. I'm sure, but they were able to get Jim. So he, Bobby is the substitute dad. You know, he, he's the one who raised them when John wasn't around. And so he's the perfect one to meet Dean when he came to heaven. And it, I, it, it was just a beautiful episode all the way around. Broke my heart, but it was beautiful. Mhm. Yeah. That uh that that covers it absolutely. It's like it broke your heart, but it was just too beautiful and too well done. Are you there? Hello? Me or Vin- me or Vinny? Yeah, both both of you cuz my my um, Yeah. Blog Talk Radio dashboard kind of flipped out a little bit here. So I'm like, "Oh, there you are." Okay. Um like come back. Um, I wondered. I I wondered, and it's not a it's not a complaint, but it's a question because you know how many times over the seasons have we seen Sam and Dean die, and then the other one try to bring them back? Maybe not even right away. Well, except for the time you know Sam was in hell and Dean went to Lisa, but you know even then he was thinking and we need to be back but what what made this time different that dean said i will no, say i don't i don't think it made a, and sam agreeing i don't think it made a, i don't think it made a difference per se because i i think the only difference was when you make a promise to somebody like in season five before uh sam jumps in the cage like Dean doesn't want to go to Lisa. Sam has to convince him, like, he basically has to tell him the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. I need to know that what I what I do makes the world okay for you to do something else. And as much as, you know, us, a lot of us, including Jared, had issues with the Amelia storyline in, in season eight, this was almost like a subversion of that where this mm-hmm. was a combination of 
you know, Swan Song, Exile on Main Street, and the beginning of season eight, where you have one brother telling the other brother, I just want you to be okay. I just need to know that you're okay if I'm not here. Where in season eight, Sam didn't have that closure, and he wasn't with Amelia in a way that was healthy that we saw. He was just very lost. Mm -hmm. The heartbreaking thing for me in this was Sam. Okay, let me flip first. I'm going to get the negative thing out where I say all my positives. I still think Andy mm-hmm. Dab is the absolute worst showrunner this show has. I will die on that hill. Yes. Worst That's showrunner. Okay. Uh, the yeah. entire arc of this, this, like the whole season, all of the season, I don't know what happened, and I don't even care what happened. And one of the best things about this episode is that I don't ever need to care about what happened previously. I, I said this earlier no. on Twitter. You can say you can watch this show, and if you stop at any point from death's door on, you can choose your own adventure from there, and then just come back to this episode, and you don't need anything. You might have a moment of like, "What's a jack?" But that's it. I don't take mm-hmm. it a step further. You can go further back and just kind of headcanon. Well, like obviously Bobby passed away. Okay. So, love that. I love that for me. Uh, so mm-hmm. the, you could skip this whole the season thing, except the last the, two episodes and be fine. Yeah, I like I legitimately I was talking to somebody earlier, uh, and she was asking me things about season fifteen because she just rewatched it to get ready for the finale, and she was asking me things. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I genuinely don't know. Like, I don't know what happened this season as a rule. Like, I can pick, I can mm. pick out bits, but I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I um. So the heartbreaking thing for me was because we never, we don't really know what happened. Like, obviously Sam just walked away from the life. Like he was just like, I can't do this anymore. And he took Miracle in his tiny bag and he turned off the lights to that. Awful, awful bunker that I would have liked to see blow <laughs> up, but I'll take abandonment. Mm. And he left. And it's, so what breaks my heart for, for Sam is that it, he really, just in the end, had nobody but Dean ever. And that's so awful that they did that to him over the years. And it hurts, but it's beautiful in the mm-hmm. same way. Um. I mean, heads up, I know that I'm always, like, the awful one and the mean one, but I'm probably going to cry a lot today. I'm just going to put that out there because I'm already going to mm-hmm. start to cry again. Um, but I think Unlikely it was just, <laughs> I think it was just, like, in terms of difference, I don't even think there's a difference because we've seen this before. We've seen where they try to bring each other back and they either succeed or fail or move on. Like, it's always been this odd balance they've had to try to find. To me, the only difference in this, in this capacity was the knowledge that they both had, specifically Dean, that nothing was controlling them. There was no longer a yellow eyes to deal with, no longer mm-hmm. God and, and demons and devils. Like, you know, like, there was no longer that. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, for anyone, like, like I find it funny 
because this, this episode had a lot of callbacks and stuff, and I find it funny when people are so mad about, like, how Dean died. First of all, not a nail. It was a rebar. It's a rebar. No. And it's like, my mm. God, how Cordelia Chase survived a rebar through her torso in Buffy, I'll never know. I thought of her, too. But, <laughs> but, oh, like, and Charisma Carpenter. Like, it, it, it actually happened to Charisma Carpenter in real life, so. Oh, that's right. But it's because it went straight through her, both in the show and in, right. the, and in real life. Yeah. I think so, it's but anyone where, can in, get a bar through your head and survive. You know, it just depends yeah. where it goes. But like, it was not a nail. Punctured, it was not a dinky thing. No, clearly this punctured Dean's lungs. Obviously. That's how he died. Because it didn't go through his heart or he would have died immediately. He didn't go, didn't go through his spinal cord because then he wouldn't have been able to move. He, got, he went through his lungs deal with it but I think I, I go back to things like well did nobody watch Faith like he was supposed to die in Faith until Sam bargained for his life but he died because the puddle was electrocuted it wasn't this big thing it was a freak moment mm-hmm. and in the same vein like he was saving children and this, this horror, horrifying thing happened while he was saving children and was able to save children. I don't understand getting mad about that because to me, you miss the point of Dean Winchester if you think that he should have died in a bigger way. Because the analogy, if they were real, is the idea that they are, you know, avatars for, you know, firemen or upper echelon law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Things like yeah. that. Things that these that people who do those kind of jobs go out every day and risk losing their lives in very similar ways. Yeah. And I'm sure statistically, firemen die because something hits them on the head or impales them more than anything else. And this is a man, Dean Winchester, who we learned in season one wanted to be a fireman when he grew up. Why? Because he just wanted to help people. And I think thought he, he knows it's going, and the first thing he says to Sam is, you get those boys to safety. You know, he didn't say exactly. anything else. You know, you get those boys to safety. He's a, well, they both are. They're both just big damn heroes. But for the but I mean, the fact that talk the fact about. That, that Dean died on a hunt, making sure that two brothers, two orphaned brothers, were safe. Like, the the arguments that I see online, I don't understand the anger. Huh? Mom's alive. No, the mom died. Right. Did she die later? No, the mom died. No, no, she sketches the... She sketched the the map for the police. Regardless. Yeah, she sketched. Yeah, she sketched the drawing of the thingy. The monster. I thought they went out. They, they, they I've watched. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. I mean, honestly, I just kind of focus on the middle of the episode. I'm gonna go on. Two brothers who looked kind of like Sam and Dean. <laughs> you know, taller, well, long, I, dark hair. Oddly, the older had the longer hair, but. Yeah, but mm-hmm. um, I mean the the 
again, at times it pains me to give some to give certain people credit, but there was a lot in this episode was remarkably purposeful, remarkably well thought out. And I think that I've said this a bunch of times over the years and um I never expected to get proven right, but I've always said that at his core, Andrew Dabb is the ultimate bro fan. And I say that, and I say that as somebody who I think the downfall of Andrew Dabb was having to be a showrunner and balance multiple eggs in a basket because he no longer ha- he no longer had the ability to focus on just what he was doing. He had to also delegate delegate and make sure that other contractual obligations were fulfilled and budgetary things and all the things that being, you know, we we say show we say showrunner, but the bottom line is, is he's a manager. He's your he's he's your general manager of your store essentially. And I think that becomes when you have to spread yourself thinner that way and you can't focus on what you really are interested in, you almost lose your way a bit. I think the best thing that he did as a showrunner for this season is create a season finale and a series finale and give himself the series finale and clean up all the other things that he didn't, he clearly didn't want to deal with. And I say that because if you go back to Wayward, and I always said this, if you look at Wayward, his attempt at Wayward, there were no angels. There were not really demons. Like, they completely strayed away from that. And I think that that was very pointed. I think it's what he really wanted to play with anymore. But he had no Mm -hmm. choice. So... I think him being able to strip away all the all that or, you know, to be a little cruder, to, you know, take a knife and trim away the fat and get back to what he really wanted to write. I mean, if you go back, he came into the series as a staff writer in season four, and all of his episodes for a very, very long time were not – what we call misarch episodes, <laughs> you know, they were always more mm-hmm. contained brother episodes. This is the this is the the man who wrote after school special. You know, he wrote he he wrote a lot in that vein, and I think that's his strong suit and his comfort zone. And I think he, as a creative, wanted to end that way. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very purposeful that he did that. And I think once he was able to do that, I think writing the beats that he wrote for this episode probably came quite naturally to him. I am interested, I would be interested to know what was altered. I will say, like, in an interview that he gave back in, I think, October of last year, so October 2019, pre-COVID, 
I'm pretty sure he already said they were not going to have Jeffrey D. Morgan back. So I mm-hmm. don't think that he was. Some, I don't think that was something. I think you know. I think they realized that they kind of to put a kind of crude spin on it. I think they kind of they realized they blew their wad on that for the 300 um, mm-hmm. and understood that. I do think that we were likely going to see, based on that same interview, I think we were going to see Mary. I think we were going to see uh, original Charlie because he did say, you know, you'll be seeing both Charlies this season, but we only saw AU Charlie. Uh, there was a couple other, like, allusions he made to who we might see. I wonder if the Harvey Bunch. No. <laughs> and I will say no, or at least not Sam Ferris, because she made a point to say she had never, she had not been contacted to come back to the show at all. And we have to remember that they shut down the first day of shooting episode 19 in right. March, and if she was going to be part of 20, they would have already had negotiations going, or done, actually. That's true. That would have already yeah, been that's mentioned. true. You would so, think that with them being at Harvell's, you would think they would have definitely have been wanting wanted them well, to be there. And, and I mean, we don't, unless Harvell was a was a change. Right. I was going to say unless having the facade of dressing that cabin as Harvell's was an indicator just to give you the the viewer the knowledge of okay, then that means Ellen, Joe, and Ash are in there too. You know, just that kind right. of idea. I think I think we were go- probably going to see more of a being walking into cheers kind of thing and being norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think that the change in that did two things. I think that I think that possibly might be something like having the intimacy of just it being a scene between Bobby and Dean having that conversation. I think that's what. Jensen liked better, and I think it worked better to have it just be so low key. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to give me, oh, I, I want, I want the calm, I, agree. I want the serenity of you telling, of mm-hmm. you showing me heaven in that way. I think if if I'm correct, that was one of the major changes because, as Andrew Dab said, mm-hmm. they are they didn't change anything that affected the beats of the episode. So I would imagine mm-hmm. that maybe the fight in the barn was maybe supposed to be bigger, more people. Um, maybe possibly more of them being FBI and interviewing, like a little more close quarters versus like one outside shot of them talking to one person. Uh, I would be interested to know if Jenny was always going to be that that villain to walk in or if it was just going to be like a more generic kind of thing or maybe a different villain uh, well, or I if have, it was something. I have to say I kind of got the hint that they were going to go with those vampires when, um, you know, the retrospective that aired before it, it ended uh, and for some reason it showed and it wasn't part of the retrospective, it was over but it showed John that scene at the uh, of John hand, uh, and and Sam and Dean at the uh, railroad bridge handing off the colt, you know before they go um, to the vampires, and then that barn looked very. I was thinking because you know 
we were seeing things like from earlier, and I think that barn looks like the barn, you know, that the season one vampires hung out in. And mm-hmm. so I I was totally getting that vibe. And I think that, you know, that they that was their, either it was their plan for this, you know, after COVID or maybe before that was the plan. I don't know, but it, it, it was. Well, they the retrospective would have been vibes. edited together. Yeah, the retrospective would have been probably edited together not too long ago, likely. Like I would say maybe fully completed maybe a month ago uh, mm-hmm. at most. So I I would wonder more, did they put that to put a subliminal? Because in theory, like once you have the box set or whatever, you're not going to have that. Uh, you wouldn't have had that like little reminder tag kind of thing. So I, I don't know. But I do, may, it, gave I, I am, uh, it gave me hope that we were going to see the cult in this episode, and then we didn't. So, um, I I didn't have that feeling because I I, I genuinely did, despite my uh, trust issues, I did believe all of the interviews and and stuff where they were kept telling us, you know, it's going to be a monster of the week. We are done with mythology. And the cult is a part of a different mythology because mythology just doesn't, doesn't just mean you're dealing with angels and stuff. Like the whole show had different mythologies. So I did believe them when they said, you know, we're kind of going back to Monster of the Week. You know, this is we're done with the mythology. I believe that. I will say that, like Jenny as a like a specific that character, like honestly, I was like, who's okay? And I've watched like the early seasons a lot. So I was like, yeah, it's like, I didn't recognize her. Like, obviously once they give you the, like the recollection flashbacks, you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. But like when she walked in and Dean's like, I know you, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm glad you do. <laughs> I don't. Because again, this is a character yeah, that we yeah. haven't seen. Like this is an actress we haven't seen for 15 years. So I don't look like I looked 15 years ago. Not really. And going, Going back to the retrospective on her, they also see she was also playing the um, Meredith Grey type character in um, yes, Changing, Channels. Changing Channels. Right, and they showed that scene in the retrospective. You know, they showed her going seriously, seriously. That scene with Sam, and <laughs> while I was watching that scene, it I was like that scene. I was like, oh, she was also that vampire in season one. I was honestly thinking that during the retrospective. And so again, that might, that's the thing that maybe they were trying to put in people's minds. Yeah, I, I do think that they were. I think in retrospect, the retrospective. I did not mean to do that. I'm so sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, in hindsight, the retrospective telegraphed a lot. Uh, that you don't you don't realize until after you've watched the the finale that you can go back and think like oh you really did kind of tell me everything I needed to know didn't you? Uh, but I do, and I think it was like the set for the barn. Again, amazing set. We don't we we stopped getting to see sets like that. Like this episode felt very. Old. It felt old, and not and not the bad way. Yeah. A very good way. So did last week. It's like they saved all their money up for the end of the season. 
Yeah, I said that last yeah, time, too. Yeah, which is funny because like, probably, I mean, this episode probably cost them the least out of every episode this season because they saved on extras. <laughs> they saved on uh, guest stars. The only extra expenditure was quarantining Jim Beaver because they'd already had to quarantine Jared and Jensen for 19. So good on them. This is probably a budget a budget uh, saver of an episode. I, you know, I, in the past I have criticized not just uh, Andrew, but I've also criticized back and forth uh Bob Singer in terms of directing because I know that he can direct beautifully. I mean, this is the man who did Croatoan for crying out loud and several other episodes that are just gorgeous. And then there's some episodes where I'm like, oh, flying puppets in the air, why? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah. this, is, this is an episode where everybody, you know, actors, uh, production, writers, directors, everybody brought their A, A, A game for these last two episodes, but specifically this episode. Oh, this episode. I mean, we're talking around the elephant in the room, but... Yeah. Shall we discuss yeah. the elephant? We might sure. as well. <laughs> And then escort the elephant. I mean, we did. We did already talk about rebar versus nail. So mm. rebar. Okay. Uh, the, just to say, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people. Dean Winchester deserved better. Blah blah blah. And I no. He, yeah, it, it's it's like this. Dean always prided himself on just being a regular guy. He, and also, you've got to remember, they don't have Chuck there writing everything for them right now. Death in real life is random. You don't know what, you know, you can mm-hmm. be, you don't know when it's going to happen unless, you know, you're sick or something. Death just happens. And like Dean said, he did not think it would be this day. It, you You never know when it's your day, uh, you know. Susan lost someone, her mother within the last year mm-hmm. or so. I lost a father and a brother. So, you know, and mm-hmm. I, you, it, death, is, death just happens. And to me, that's well, and, and the, again, the like reality. I say, Dean Winchester was a real, real. He was originally supposed yeah. to die at 20 years old because of a puddle. Like, I don't know how to emphasize that mm-hmm. further. Yeah. I feel I feel and like everything again, mad didn't watch the, the series all the way through correctly. Well, we, we uh, know that uh, some spent their time house cleaning while they were supposedly uh, supposed to be uh, watching I'm the first three. I'm so glad for her to have to find a new job finally, sitting up on Twitter lying I'm, like she... Mm, mm, mm. My mom and, watched uh, the episode last night, and she was texting me, and... My mom never has watched an episode of Supernatural, ever. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But she watched it last night because she knew how important the show was to me. And so she's texting me during it and talking about how it just felt, you know, close to home, you know, because, you know, she lost her husband and her son. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly, I, I, it, the, tw- the way Dean died, 
the way Sam dealt with his grief and going on living and everything, it just Mm -hmm. felt so real to me. It felt so real to my mom. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad they went that way. And then then heaven, mom and I were talking afterwards, we hope that heaven is like heaven that Sam and Dean got because I can't think of anything more perfect or beautiful than the afterlife that they're Mm -hmm. having. And it is a life. They're still living, you know, just in a different world. And it was beautiful and it was perfect. And I'm I'm crying as I'm saying this. But, yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 it yeah anybody else who, who tries to say that, no, that that wasn't worth, that it was nothing and Dean deserved better, well, apparently you've never lost anybody. Apparently, you know, so I'm happy for you. But yeah. I, no, it might, that, it might that be was, like it, that. It, it, it was know? right. Just not it was knowing. Right. I, I, it was like, like you said, Dean's death was random. I mean, his life is dangerous, but like you said, we didn't think this it would happen this day. And and the way they handled his death and the way Sam at first handled it and then grieved, it was. It was so familiar to me, especially Sam grieving, because when when someone when a loved one passes away, it's like it's like they're they're okay. I mean, you know, everybody's beliefs are different, but but they're but they're okay now. You know, they're not hurting anymore. They're not suffering anymore. And it's it's the hardest. It's hard on the people left behind, and and. I know it sounds like awful to say, well, it's not so bad to die. And I don't mean it that way, but what I mean is it's it's so hard for somebody living to go on because you, you don't know, you know, and you hope that there's they have peace. You hope they're in heaven. And, um, you know, with me, I look back and, you know, I have regrets, you know, did I, did I do enough? Because that's always on your mind. And then, Sam doing things like making breakfast for one person. You know, he had one piece of toast. And then just going, sitting in uh, Dean's room just to be near his things and be near him. You know, I've, I've definitely done something like that. Um, they they really did a, a wonderful job of, of showing Sam's grief like and him trying to do what Dean asked, you know. And then the little things like him him answering the phone and going on the hunt and using Dean's duffel bag, you know, and, and you realize, you know, it's like, you know, someone passes away and you're like, well, I, I need to deal with all their things, but some of the things you, you just can't get rid of because it was the last time they touched them. Well, and I think also like to, to say that somebody like, there's a difference between he deserved better versus he you wanted him to have longer. Did I want Sam and Dean to have longer together in the sense that the entire season, one of the only things I actually remember is being constantly saying, I just want Sam and I to have a life. I just want us to not have to deal with Chuck anymore and have our own lives together. And he really emphasized that 
in the last few episodes. And so do I, do I wish for them, like as characters that I, that I enjoyed and care about, do I wish for them that they would have had longer to enjoy their idea of freedom? Because they, they, they didn't get How out of the How much time life. do you think passed between last week and this week? A week? A month? Uh, the, six months? Oh, the fact that they had that Miracle was, like, very, uh, air quote, trained to be, like, that wasn't just a bonding. Like, there was a training, and there was a routine. There was a routine that they had, you know, I would mm-hmm. say months. It was not immediate. It was not weeks. It was definitely months. So that know, makes me feel a teeny a, tiny bit better because if it only been a week that they'd actually had that freedom to write their own story, I would be even more upset because that's, that's their luck, you know, to finally have something like that. And then immediately a, a, a huge loss. So, you know, I, I like you, I would, I would have loved to have, for them to have more time, but Yeah. But it's not that it wasn't the ending Dean didn't deserve. Yeah, it's, there's a difference between deserve and desire. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is, is what do any of us deserve? And to think about, like, like currently, like the climate we're living in right now and living in a pandemic, the entire world, like, that's literally the definition of pandemic. It means that it's worldwide. Nobody, oh, caveat. I'm going to say this, but I don't actually totally mean it. Nobody deserves COVID. But people get it. And whether you're a good person or a bad person or cancer. Cancer doesn't care if you're a good person or a bad person. How many times do we sit there and think, like, why did good things happen to, why did bad things happen to good people? Because shit happens. It's awful. Life is awful. Um, so, like, yeah, Dean saved the world a lot, did a lot of great things, and he's an amazing character. And the man he was as a character was a good man. But did he deserve better? I don't know what you mean by better. I would say longer. Would I have liked them to have longer? Yeah. And I think to me, the only indicator that, we, that I think they have, this was less than a year that they had was Sam still mourning Cass and Jack. Mm. Now, I know, that, I know that from a narrative standpoint, that was just to remind the audience that, the, that as a storyteller, the author of the story wasn't brushing off those characters. I get that. Mm-hmm. But that did create a time beat. A vague time beat, but a time beat. So... Um, whatever, but I would say somewhere in the three to eight, three to eight months period that they had, I would say. Let's split the baby and say six months. But to say that Dean mm-hmm. deserved better, like why don't you think that Sam deserved lo- better with, longer with his brother? I question what you're really saying then. When you say that Dean deserved better, but you don't think that Sam deserve more time with his brother, I really have to question what it really is you're saying. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Especially because, like I said, Sam had to go back home to the bunker, 
alone with Miracle and just be almost a ghost in his own home. And I don't know, because it's not clear if the people that Chuck snapped away that were their friends were really brought back by by Jack. I don't know. Like, yeah, we have the sheriff saying, you know, Donna Hanscom said, but I don't know. When did Donna Hanscom tell that sheriff that? Did she tell them, like, if, like, was that a year ago? Telling them, hey, if you ever have something weird, this is the number to call. Or did he call her right then and there? I don't know. And you're not telling me. All I know is that Sam was completely alone in this. Was he alone because and that's was his choice or did people saying, reach out? Because I kept thinking he's got to tell people that Dean Winchester's gone. And Does he have to? I don't think he has to. No. There might be a few. No, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like say this as somebody like should. as somebody who feels this way. Like I'm a very firm believer in funerals are for the living. Because the person who passed away isn't there for it. They can't tell your they don't have no concept of you boarding them. Funerals are for the living. And I think it's a very difficult thing to be the person who has to call around and tell other people that something that someone has passed away or that something tragic has happened. Don't think that it it should ever be yeah, I don't think it should ever be the onus of somebody. Like I've had people in my life where somebody turns around and says, You didn't tell me. Whose responsibility do you think it was to tell you? I don't know that Sam I'm going to say this there are issue. some that you do and feel a narrative issue. Are, just just speaking from like my experience, there are some people you think of right away that you that you well, do I need to tell, say, and everybody else who bounce off of that follows along. I'm sorry. I was going to bounce off that because I'm going to tell you this right now. From a narrative perspective of this show, they have given me nobody that Sam is under any obligation to reach out to. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering. This show showed us for several years that the only person Sam had was Dean. I don't see anybody that Sam had any obligation mm-hmm. to reach out to or any of the above. And I don't care mm-hmm. how awful that sounds. Screw them all. You were all so awful to Sam Winchester all of these side characters. And that's yeah. a writer issue. That's a writer issue. But it, but bottom line, what the writers did creates the narrative. So, And I can see him not wanting to tell anybody and to just deal with that grief on his own because no one's going to understand or know how he feels. Nobody. No, I mean, and once he left, and, I, and again, I will say, they never clarified who still existed or not. I yeah. mean, we don't know how much time passed. For all we know, they brought back Jody, and then Jody died on a hunt. We have no idea what happened to any of the people that they knew. And I don't care. And I don't think, I don't think having Sam reach out to anybody and them showing us that would have added or detracted to the episode. I don't think it was necessary. But I will mm-hmm. say 
like I said, Sam walking around the bunker just as a ghost in his own home mm. and just walking away tells me that it wasn't hunting he was walking away from. It was everything that he would have done that would have kept him in the life would have just been a constant him turning on and being like, hey, Dean, oh, shoot. Which I'm sure he did throughout his whole life anyway. But I mm-hmm. also they, they kind of showed under- it, too, when he would sit in the Impala, he would look over in the other seat. Right. And I think that narratively, if you take the idea that in order for Sam to honor Dean's wishes, Sam hunting on his own, the narrative has shown us, is not a good thing. He's mercenary. He's reckless. That's no way to honor me. And so I think about, like, be that way. And if you go to season eight, would this be different? I don't. Because this I don't think so. This was, like, a promise to Dean, you know, and they were face to face and there was, there was no deal. There was no extreme circumstance. And, and he did, he did promise and he, Dean asked him to let him go and he let him go. So, I mean, if you go back to mystery spot, which if you go back to mystery spot, nothing, mm-hmm. Sam didn't know that something was off truly until the last time Dean died. Like, they knew Trickster, they got out of that, but once they got out of that and Dean died normal, that's when everything got crazy for Sam. Mm-hmm. Not when he was in the loop. After the loop. And, like I said, you know, the Amelia thing, was he off being mercenary? No, but he was in a very unhealthy relationship. He and Amelia were not a healthy relationship, and the narrative showed us that. So I think, you know, and again, if you go back to season eight specifically, once they get past, once Pat, Sam and Dean get past the whole Amelia and Benny thing that they had to deal with, with each other, the narrative immediately shifts to the trials, and we have Dean telling Sam in trial and error, you know, I'm going to die with a gun in my hand. And that's what I, that's, that's how I, that's how I know, I know my life's ending, but I need you to be, you know, go have a family, go do these things and die old in your bed. That's my perfect ending. And if you skip a few episodes forward, you then end up at, uh, remember the Titans where he's telling him the same thing. I need you to, I need you to grow old. That's the only way I'll be happy is if you grow old and die in your bed. Dean was so happy that it wasn't it wasn't him being left behind. I mean, he didn't want to die. I'm not saying that. And you know, but, but there he was. The, the and, he, and he was like, yeah. "I'm I'm happy that that you're going to live and you're going to do this, and and I'm happy that you're going to be okay because you've always been my number one concern, my number one priority. You know, and and it just if I've got to go, then if you're going to be okay, I can go knowing that you're you're going to be all right. I, I wonder how long, the how long did thing, Sam hunt? The tool, uh, 
What do you mean? After? No. Yeah. I don't think he went on any hunts after. Well, he went to Austin. We don't know that he went on a hunt. Yeah, because the guy called. Are you talking? You're talking about in the episode, right? When the guy called Uh Agent Bon Jovi on Dean's phone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He, I mean, that, that may have yeah. been his last hunt. It may have, or he yeah. may not. He may have. He may have fobbed it off on another hunter. We don't know. If that, if he went he, on the hunt, that was his. I will guarantee you that was the last hunt. Well, we can't ask because he went to Austin, I guess. This, I mean, we don't have proof that he yeah, has on He told him. He said, "Yeah, I'll be there," and that's when he left the bunker. So I, I think you know we. You know, we don't know because we never actually saw him in Austin and we never saw him on a hunt. But I think we have to take from that that, yeah, he went at least on that one hunt. I mean, he might have done one more before he closed it up because obviously he was ready, he was not coming back to the bunker and he left all right, the door books, left everything. Mm-hmm. He took his tiny bag or Dean's tiny bag and his dog and he left. Yep. Um, I would imagine if he actually finished that hunt, he did it alone and that was it. So I would say one hundred. Did he leave back. Dean's things behind? I mean, I could you see like him ab- abandoning pretty much anything else in the bunker. But would he have left Dean's things behind? I mean, he may have taken a few things, but he took a bag. He took a bag. Unless he took, unless he did more than one trip, and we they just didn't show it. Well, but you guys have to yeah. understand that, like, this, 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 the, the, it's telling you a story on a director level. The director level is to show you that. He took one tiny bag and left. That's like the emotion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I mean, does does Dean. Yeah, we're not supposed to sit there and see pack the trunk and then and then walk out. Um, Sam's, Sam's son, Dean, is he aware of the life? Did dad. Well, he has the anti possession so tattoo. I'm sorry, what? He has a he has a tattoo, so yeah. I know, but it just it just made me wanted to be know the life. Is he a hunter? Also, he's got the tattoo. Sam may have explained it a different way, and he doesn't. Dean doesn't know exactly what it's for. It's just like a family tradition. Got a tattoo like Dad. You know, I, I would I would again say like on a director level and a writing level, it was intended mm-hmm. for us to understand that he knew. Well, what I've always like like we've always discussed, you know, how do these boys get out of the life without endangering others? I mean, if you're going to, you have to make mm-hmm. them aware of what's out there. That's where mm-hmm. that, on a on a character growth level, like that's where Sam screwed up with Jazz. He didn't tell her. And it resulted in her death. She was unprepared mm-hmm. for what was out there because he chose to pretend it wasn't out there. So I do think that blurry wife, who yeah, whatever, and and his son clearly knew about. Maybe he. I mean, let's say maybe who the last hunt the woman he rescued. Maybe that's who he built the life with. I don't know, but. Clearly, no, she was not a factor of importance because she was just blurry in the background, which is really hilariously weird. <laughs> but I guess that the point of it was, like I said on Twitter, Dean raised Sam, then Sam raised Dean. I guess 
I get the narrative uh, bookend of that. It was just weird. It actually would have been less weird if they just never showed her in the background. If they just, like, let us think that, I don't know, he rescued a kid or she died well, early. Like, I don't know what it would have been better. But he did have strange. a wedding ring, so he was married. Yeah, he I thought it was interesting, the the entire wall of pictures uh, family pictures above Sam as he's as he's dying, there's no evidence of a wife or mother. I mean, it's all Winchesters. And um, I, Eileen tweeted that um, he had to go back for the pictures at least. So go back to the bunker for the pictures. Unless he took the pictures on the first trip. Maybe. I was so uh, surprised talking about the pictures. I mean, the, 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 see, the, one frame the picture the bunker, uh, so he could have... I mean, the picture from, I was so surprised to see the picture from episode Lebanon with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and them sitting around the table because, one, that was actually a promo picture. uh, Exactly. Two, who took it? Did they? I'm guessing we're going to say they set up a phone on a timer. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was happily surprised because I was so worried that they wouldn't remember that that happened. That means that, that they know it happened, so. Yeah, which I will say, if they set up a phone on a timer, like that picture was not hung up in the bunker, so Sam didn't have to pack it. And we know that he had his little box of, of pictures and the retirement brochure and everything, and it was just a mm-hmm. little box. So in theory, he took yeah. that with him. I, I would imagine it's probably one of the only things he took. He might have put a few trinkets, extra trinkets in there, but that's where the mm-hmm. amulet was, like everything. Um. Mm-hmm. Did Sam get a job? Did Sam get a job? Teach? Go back to college? I, I know it's not shown. I'm just, I'm just wondering. You know, I. I mean, yeah. obviously he worked because he had a home. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, what, I mean, I don't think it's. I would have sold every antique car in the garage in the bunker. <laughs> you know. And at least put it to good use. That was a lot of cars. What? Hmm? That was a lot of nice cars. Well, yeah. Could have bankrolled him for a little while. And he has no attachment to them. The only one that he does, of course, is his baby. Kept her so beautiful in the garage under under a tarp. Man, it was, that was such a heartbreaking scene to have older Sam go in. And and I, I thought honestly he was going to die in the Impala. He was he was older too. and weak, and I thought he maybe he felt something and said I'm I I just want to be near Dean, you know I, I want to where I feel probably the closest to him, you know, is sitting sitting in the driver's seat of the Impala, and I and it was a beautiful scene, you know, him just holding the steering wheel and closing his eyes and crying because. Again, Dean, you know, and maybe he was he was telling Dean because I'm sure he spent his years talking to Dean and telling him about things, you know, and and what's happened in his life and how much he he missed him. And maybe he said, "I'll I'll see you soon," you know, not not too much longer now. But uh, that was I, probably, but I, I, I also thought, thought he was going to pass in the Impala. <laughs> I did too, and I thought that he would then just kind of appear next to Dean while he was driving around. Oh. 
cool. Uh, I, I did like the like, I lo- in terms of like a, a directive a director editing thing. I like the idea of Sam, you know, in that moment, and obviously something he does often, holding the steering wheel like that while it's interspersed with being driving down the road. Which I will say, mm-hmm. I find one of the things I find hilarious about this show in a good way about their dynamic in a good way. Like I. I is that the minute Dean gets to heaven, Bobby's like, you know, this is everything you've ever wanted. It's paradise. This is great. Like, you know, everyone can hang out now because Jack fixed everything. And Dean's like, yeah, it's almost perfect. And Bobby knows what Dean means in that Mm. he doesn't have Sam, so it's not quite fair. And he's like, eh, he'll be along, but in the meantime, you can do whatever you want. You can see anyone you want. And Dean's like, that's great. I'm going to go drive by myself for tw- for 25 to 30 years. Bye. I I I love that. I just love it because it it ain't, it ain't my, heaven without it's my, Sam. It's my, my non heartbreaking favorite part. <laughs> Cuz it's just so Dean Winchester where he's just like, yeah. "That's great. I'll be back in what Sam's here." Yeah, I love, I like how he got like, like he was sort of like Rufus and Aretha, huh? <laughs> you know, and then um, heard about mom and dad and he's obviously happy. You can see the look on his face, you know, he's got, he's like, oh, you know, and, and he's pleased, but, but nope, not doing it until I can do it with Sam. And he just, of all that, he, of course, baby's in his heaven, like if he had any question. And he gets in, and like you said, he just drives and drives and drives. And, you know, for him, it could have been half hour, you know, in heaven time or couple. But it seemed to me it was longer than that, not not a very short drive, like a long drive and just looking at everything. And the the scene on, on the bridge where he just stops, do you, do you think he felt Sam coming I mean I know I know he knew Sam was there because you can see the look on his face and he does have a little bit of a frown so maybe maybe Dean had an idea that it wouldn't be too much longer I don't know because again time passes differently but he definitely knew Sam was behind him and and I, I, I love that. that he stopped yeah the idea that he stopped was huh? probably him feeling something and maybe not knowing what it was um, yeah. I mean, again, this, what a beautiful this is the writer who gave us, yeah, this is also the same writer who gave us Dark Side of the Moon, who gave us, you know, Winchester Land and Soulmates. And so how do you show that when you've essentially fixed heaven by letting everybody, because you have to give, like, I know that it, when we say it's tragic, but it's a, like the boy said, it's it's a bittersweet ending. And the sweet is, Heaven is their world now, and everything's fine, and everyone's everyone's safe through it because everyone's dead, but they're all safe because everything is, Jack is taking care of everything. And so, but how do you show that connection still when you've thrown open the doors, essentially? You show it by being, feeling his other half getting there. And I think Jensen's face in that moment, the play across his face when he feels it and realizes it uh, was great. And 
Jared's body language, this is something that Jared's really good at doing in general, but exceptional in this moment is, I mean, obviously this is now a man in his, his mid thirties, mid to late thirties, but he was able to look like a shy college kid just standing there in his oversized clothes, like, Katie. Mm, it was just, yeah, amazing. As much as we made fun of it over the years, especially for, for Jared, but for, in this case for both of them, and it worked, amazing face acting for both of them. I mean, very, there was almost no dialogue. It was just the pilot callback of, hey, Sammy, Dean, but with mm-hmm. a different inflection and all in the face all in the body language, which was exquisite. Yeah. And yeah, being so happy at, at that and point, so at peace. I, you know, I had finally kind of calmed down from crying from Dean's death, and then all of that happens again, and the part on the bridge, and I'm just bawling again. You know, I was harder than I was originally. It, oh my goodness, that episode. Mhm. It's something. And you know, we all we all always you know, we all talk about how we usually have an episode playing and on mute when we are doing this and right now my episode actually just hit the barn scene. Oh, uh, oh no. <laughs> no. And speaking oh. of exquisite acting from them. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And I just, just uh, Jensen's delivery of, I love you so much, my baby brother, you know, and he's, he's so proud. I, I've said this a few times today to different people because of course, now that the show has ended, everyone's like, it is like, I feel like did I give birth to a child because everyone's calling me. Uh, and talking, like, are you okay? How's everything? Is, uh, I'm fine, thanks. I mean, I'm not fine, but I'm fine. Uh-huh. Like, rationally, I'm aware it's a television show, everyone. Thanks for checking in. Uh, but I keep saying it's remarkable to me as someone who doesn't keep a diary how Andrew um, stole my diary. I don't have one yet. He stole my diary because he gave me in that scene. I have for years and Becky can attest to this. Anytime someone jokes or says something about why can't we just get like a forehead kiss? And I always go, I'll sell for forehead to forehead touching. Because mm. I just like I, I really like siblings who like in any capacity, if you maybe from an only child, if you give me any show, movie, whatever, where siblings are super devoted to each other, I'm in. I'm super in. And that that moment is something I've always joked about because I never thought we would get that close of a moment to show just how much these brothers meant to each other without words. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the the emphasis of my baby brother, like, just all those little, all the beats, all the beats were there. The the flip of the pilot uh, dialogue of, I can't do this alone, yes, you can, well, I don't want to. And Dean telling Sam, you know, I've always been here with you. 
This is probably, I will say, in terms of television, probably the top tier death scenes I've ever watched. Tier yeah. writing, top tier directing, top tier acting. Stunning. Stunning work. Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. The the forehead to forehead touch, um, it was, and I have no idea if they thought of this or not, but it made me think of the Hawaiian tradition of Honi, H-O-N-I, where they will meet and touch foreheads and and both and noses and both breathe in at the same time, and it's you're exchanging your life spirit um, and and closeness and all of those things. And they may or may not have known, but I think that's just perfect for that moment. Um, it's a very sacred gesture in Hawaii, um, and and. I don't know whether they meant it or not. I think it, it adds a a little something more. And that's a beautiful moment on its own. But but somebody said that like some of Dean's spirit went into Sam at that moment maybe. Um, I just again, yeah. Just a just a beautiful moment. Just reminded me of that. And then their hands on each other's hands, you know, just hanging on. And the moment when it, when Dean says, come here, let me look at you. And, and then he says, you know, oh, oh, there you are. And you can tell his vision is, is fading at that point. Um, and, and he knows he doesn't have too much longer. And that's all that stuff just just killed me. Like you said, it's all just just perfect. Yeah. And it's always been you and me. It's always been you and me. Always been you and me. And when Sam says, don't leave me. Yeah. And being telling Sam the story of waiting outside Stanford and he says dorm but I yes. think it was the apartment he said house, door. But, but he says like, I thought he said I thought he, I thought he said door waiting outside your door the door huh uh-huh I thought he said door no. also huh. oh I haven't okay. watched it was called captain yet some, yeah some says dorm or outside but Dean was at Stanford for hours waiting because he was so scared I didn't know if Sam was going to tell him to, to, you know, get gone or get dead, get lost or, or get dead. And, uh, it was just absolutely heartbreaking. I know another thing, you know, we've always wished for is Stanford moments and <laughs> finally get one and it's at the end. So now when we, when we watch the pilot, we'll know that Dean's been Dean's standing outside. out there a long time, which mm. is a, you know, a, Pattern that a lot of us have had for a long, long time of, you know, mm-hmm. how long does it take to, to get up the courage to go up there and essentially be vulnerable enough to say, hey, come help me. Mm-hmm. 
and to really just, I mean, at the end of the day, use John as John missing as an excuse because he did. That's what he did. And to know that he was like, this might not work. Yeah. And, you know, like Dean says, this is what we do, saving people, hunting things. And I can't mm-hmm. think of any other way he would want to go out than saving oh, people, yeah. hunting things. Yeah. Um, the How it was reminiscent when, when, you know, Sam first comes up to Dean and, and he realizes something terrible is going on here. And he, he said something in my back and he reaches around and he touches Dean's back and looks at the blood. That's like all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Catches, catches Sam and reaches around and says, this is, you know, you're going to be okay. And Sam, you know, uh, same thing. And, oh, that was, that was another wonderful, horrible moment. But even though they both died, we got a happy ending. Yeah. They're together. And they, they're together. Mm-hmm. They found their peace. They're finally at peace. They're together. They're, they can go see their mom and dad. They can go see Bobby. I, like I said earlier, I just love that heaven. And mm-hmm. I, I, real, what a beautiful I really place truly hope. Yeah, I really truly hope that the real heaven, no matter what religion mm-hmm. you believe, I I hope that that's what it's like. I wonder where miracle is because obviously dogs don't live as long as, as people, and miracle passed away, and that must have been hard on Sam too because he was like a last connection with Dean, you know, something Dean yeah. you know so loved and enjoyed. And I'm sorry, it's it's not heaven if your pets aren't there with you. So I hope I hope they come across miracle one of these days. Yeah, me too. No. Oh, I also, I told Susan this last night in a thread on Twitter. Uh, but I'm going to tell everybody else just to break them also. <laughs> well, I told you part of it, but I didn't tell you part of it because we're discussing. And like me how, again, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. like uh, no, I make the pain. No, I make the pain. <laughs> and I, I, I said, team of it, don't, damn know, it. don't speak about don't speak about did did Sam lady to the back did he put him in the passenger seat but I also want to uh, hurt everybody even further about the fact that don't sit there and think about how many times Sam Winchester has had to transport his bother, his brother's body yes oh. like ouch Dean is almost yeah. always able to stab back right away. Dean, Sam has always had to deal. He's, you know, he's had to bury Dean. He's had to do it multiple times, carry Dean's body. Yes. Multiple and, times. Yes, and take him home, build the fire, prepare his body, you know, yeah. redress him in... in Pick out. Pick I mean, he out did it. He did it at the end of season. He did it 
he did it at Indiana season three. He did it in well, he did it yeah. also at Mystery Spot season three. He I I can't even think of all the times you know he did it after uh, I believe a miracle. He did it. Oh God, I can't even think of all the times. But this this yeah. If you don't don't ever let yourself think about all the times that that Sandwich has <laughs> had to carry his mother's body. That shit hurts. Was that? Was that Dean's lighter that Sam used to light the pyre? I always thought Dean's lighter had writing on it. I can't remember the design, but that one looked plain. So maybe it wasn't, but I thought, wow, that would hurt. I'm not sure. I, oh, but speaking of touches, I I did think it was such a weird moment when Dean focuses on his watch at the beginning. <laughs> And then to see that Sam was wearing his watch later. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. That got me, too. Another moment that broke me, because I actually watched this episode. uh, I had my live feed going, and Clarissa had her live feed going. We were on the phone with each other. Gross sobbing. She hyperventilated. We were a mess. She she legitimately hyperventilated. Uh, Crying. The moment that broke me all over again. Like, I had just calmed down. I had just calmed down a bit. And the moment the toast sprang up, and it was one slice Mm -hmm. of toast, and that little Mm. flinch, yeah, it was all over again. It was just, it was, a lot of this was in the quiet little moments that just hurt. Yeah. When he went into Dean's Dean's room and then just sat there with Dean. Stuff to be close to Dean, that yeah, that got to me. Yeah, yeah. that was rough. Okay. So we need we need a little we need a little light break here for a moment. We got shirtless. Well, you Sam. could try. Huh? What were I you going to say, Susan? You... I said we got shirtless, Sam. Yes. Oh. Uh, And it was like a huge scene, long type of scene, and plus Sam had his towel around his hair, which is so funny. But this this tells you what kind of episode it is when you wait this long to mention a shirtless Sam. (laughs) I know. We haven't had that in a long time. It's like the, those first few minutes they were giving us everything we've asked for, you know, shirtless yes. Sam. We've been asking for a laundry scene, them doing just domestic. regular home stuff. Yes, exactly. Domestic, and that's domestic what we got Winchester. for those first few minutes. It was literally curtain fix. Literally curtain fix. Yep. Yes, it was. Laundry, it was, cooking was breakfast, you know, it's hot. <laughs> and and I, what is that, real bacon, <laughs> fake bacon, <laughs> you know. Um, um, and and uh, and God, Jared looked really good in that shirtless scene. I'm like, my goodness. Oh um, yes, yes he did. Definition there and kind of tan. And I'm like, oh well, hello, hello, Jared. <laughs> and um, and to go into that pie fest, <laughs> Dean Dean Dean's dream <laughs> for pies. That um, yeah. That that was that was so good, and then Sam got to smash the pie in his face. Oh, I loved it. Yep. 
And then Dean eating the pie off his face, just getting the fork and going, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, he's not yeah. going to waste it pie. Yeah. And then, and then he realizes Sam is sad, and it's about, you know, Cass and Jack. And we get uh, Dean saying, well, you know, we have to honor their sacrifice you know, by, by, by living on and keep, and keeping going. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that comes around again. But um, yeah, that was, that was, that was a fun moment. For sure. And I did like, uh, again, levity, the Easter egg of Bob Stinger in the background laughing at them. That was cute. <laughs> Cause we, we've had, we've had random Bob Stinger Easter eggs throughout the years. That was a good one. And that, is, and, and that was a perfect way to break the fourth wall in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about that scene at the end of with the whole crew on the bridge? That that was awesome. That was a yeah. nice little nod for everyone. That was really, really nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then Jared and Jensen coming on to thank everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that, not, that was lovely. Not, Sam and Dean might be gone, but Jared and Jensen are still here. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and I love, like, even <laughs> That's if, like uh, when you were watching the show, you got reminders of Jared because they showed a commercial for Walker. They showed a commercial for the return of Gilmore Girls which I don't think he's on, mm-hmm. but, you know, he was on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, yeah. So it was just he's Jared, in, Jared, he's Jared. In, he's, in, <laughs> he's in the he's in the return as well. That was the Netflix special oh, was on a couple of years ago. He's he's in ah, one scene okay. in, the, in the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Walker commercials. He looks, I am a supernatural subject. Just want to say Jared's looking wonderful as Walker. I like the look. I like his hair, the beard, the clothes. I am liking it very much. My mom is looking forward to Walker, which I was surprised. Mm-hmm. She's um, Since she's home by herself and everything now, she's been into Westerns, watching all kinds of Westerns, <laughs> and she watched like all the old ones, and then she found like 80s and 90s ones. She's been watching the original Walker Texas Ranger, and so mm. now she's like telling me, "Make sure you remind me when the new Walker comes on," because she wants to watch <laughs> the new Walker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do not think Mom would enjoy the boys, however. <laughs> not sure that's a home show. <laughs> Mine might. Yeah, so it depends on your mom, but uh, <laughs> yeah, mine, mine, my, she's she's twisted like that. I, I get it from somewhere, and as the song goes, I got it from my mama, which is weird because I, like I said, the title of this show, I don't have an interest in the boys based on the source material, but like, yeah, all my morbid weirdness, that's uh, her doing. What was it about the source material? I'm curious. And I don't know uh, the I, material that well. <laughs> I think it's edgy for the sake of being edgy, not for the sake of a of true storytelling beat. And I can tell that it's just somebody who thinks that 
taking the idea of what superheroes did for the Jewish community is just something to throw away. I have a lot of feelings about it that we probably shouldn't get into ever, but let alone during this episode, but I just kind of think that, yeah, I think it's, I think it fails at subversiveness is a nice way to put it. Okay. Like I said, I haven't watched the I, show, and that might, the show might temper that. But in terms of the source material, which I'm very familiar with, I have a lot of uh, a lot of problems with. Mm-hmm. I know. Next to I, nothing about again, the I boys. don't know. So <laughs> I don't know the source material. Um, I mean, occasionally I read interviews where things have definitely changed um, um, from the comics over to Kripke and and his writing and show running for the show. Honestly, the only example I can think of off the top of my head is that the the boys, fanboys, had a fit when he made a character called Stormfront a woman. I guess it was a, a guy. Well, I had a comic. fit in a different. I had a fit in a different in a different way. I think it's a really bizarrely borderline gross thing to take your Nazi character and just randomly go, you know what? Let's also make them a woman. I just think it was a weird change. Because uh, Stormfront is a literal Nazi, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Go off, I guess. Yeah. Well, she was on the show too. You don't, you don't find that out right away, but but you do find that out eventually. And um, spoiler alert for the boys: Stormfront doesn't survive the season. She's only on one season, and she does not survive. And she absolutely gets what she deserves at that that point. I don't know if Kirby was thinking well. I want, I want another female character. You know, I, I, I want another. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what he was thinking, so I can't even speak for him. But I, I understand what you're what you're saying. But honestly, they're all terrible on that show. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> um, even even the supposed good people have their have their bad streaks. It's just it's just that kind of show. Like I'd never be fanish about it. Um, I I like it and it's interesting and you just get caught up in, in the story, but it's it's not fanish for me in the least. <laughs> so anyway. I am curious because this scene is up when Bobby says it's the heaven you deserve and we've been waiting for you. I don't know mm-hmm. if this Bobby mean, I mean, obviously it's not clarified, but just opinion-wise. Does Bobby mean they're just waiting for him to arrive since he died? Or they've just been waiting for Dean to die? I took it that they've they've just been waiting for him to die. You know, we've been waiting for you. We knew you'd come along type of thing. Uh, just like he kind of inferred with, you know, Sam will be along. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the only, I have to say this, the only thing, there were two things in this episode that I did not like. And so I got to, I got to say one the dye that they used on Bobby's eyebrows. 
oh my goodness, <laughs> it was way too dark and way too much. And when he first turns around, when Dean first sees him, I was like, oh my God, what did they do to Bobby? <laughs> you know, Jim Beaver, you know, he's gray. <laughs> He, he, he's all mm-hmm. gray now, so they had to color his eyebrows and his beard. His beard was okay. It could have been better, but it was okay. But those eyebrows, it was like, oh, my God. Yeah, and they did the then, same thing with Rob last week, which was not for the same reason. It was just so that, I guess, so that we didn't, didn't tell that Chuck ever aged in the past mm-hmm. 10 years. But, yeah, the just for men is a bit, oof. And then and I'm sorry, Sam. Old man wigs are bad. I don't. Have a, okay, so I'm oh, gonna have a wig. That was the second thing. The middle aged Sam wig, I did not like. He, you could see Jared was trying to act old. You know, he was doing his best to act mm-hmm. wasn't old. Aged. He was already old. Right, but I'm so I'm gonna have a rant about we, that. It's not that the same rant that everybody else has, though. He's so not supposed to like, look good in that moment. I'm very confused why everyone's upset that he looks bad. He's supposed here, to look upset and old and clearly sick. But here's the deal. They didn't do anything to his face or his hands. It was it was regular age Sam wearing a Doc from Back to the Future wig. Well, is what he really did. Like they did. Actually, they did. I was thinking the problem like Albert is, Einstein, but yeah, Doc, Doc Brown. No, they, they, did, they did old age makeup on him. And the problem is, is that... In the bed they is, did, but not in the car. They, they did in the car also. Uh, the problem yeah, is, is that the way, the, ed, the way this show is edited... And that's the CW in general, or I guess maybe Warner Brothers actually. Well, not I guess. Technically, Warner Brothers shows for the CW. The way they edit them, it removes a lot of, and this is like semi-inside baseball kind of thing of like a makeup artist kind of thing. It messed it up, essentially. So, you know, the old age makeup is there. I will also say old age makeup is extremely hard to do well. Like, it's it's oh, so I thought much, it's, actually, it's, it's, it's actually much easier to make someone look younger with makeup than it is to make someone look any degree older with makeup. Dying Sam, I thought, looked perfect. He looked like an actual old person, except for his hands. They, I didn't, his hands didn't. Face and his wig and everything, that looked perfect to me. It's that middle ground old Sam in the car. That I was like, uh, and even my husband was watching with us, and he was like, "Well, he's doing his best to act old, but he just doesn't look it." <laughs> I didn't even think, like me, I didn't even get the idea that he was trying to, like, necessarily act old because you have to figure, like, as far as I can figure, based on approximately how old the last time we see Dean Jr. and when Sam passing away, um, I would figure uh, Sam is in his mid-60s, early to mid-60s. That, that His son looked approximately 23 to 25. And if we figure that, let's say they had a year, and then like gestation of a baby, blah, blah, blah. let's say Sam had him at 39, because he was 37 the last time we had like an age check. That puts him at like 61 to 65 at the oldest. 
that's not old. Like, my parents, my mother's 68, my father's 72, my aunt is 74 and still lifts weights and does medicine balls. So, like, I didn't get the idea that he was acting old so much as sick. Well, that's what I kind of meant with that he was acting stiff. You know, he was um, slow, mo- you know, slow moving, acting stiff. And at that point in the show, we didn't know we were going to see him even older. So when we're first watching it, you know, we're like, he's he's trying to act old, uh, you know, but he just doesn't look it. So that's, you know, on the first watch and at that point, that's because I honestly thought, like Susan, he was going to die sitting in the Impala. But, like, mm-hmm. if you look at when he first walks in and the door is framing him to the time when he walks in where he's actually in the Impala, it's the same wig. It's not I mean, mm-hmm. It's not a great wig. I'm going to be honest. The CW does not do wigs great. I mean, anybody, I don't even watch Arrow, but I've seen the memes. And I was the first one to complain about uh, Lisa Berry's wig in 1516. Uh, despite how I feel about Lisa Berry, they did her dirty with that wig. Um so I'm not giving an extreme pass on that. I will say that the wig looks better in the car versus backlit. And backlit just is not forgiving to wigs. It's never going to be forgiving to a wig, especially a wig that you had to, like, powder and, and do things to. But when he's sitting in the car, it's fine. I didn't think so. I mean, you're <laughs> wrong, but that's Okay. <laughs> I've always loved you despite your flaws. Sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> Those wigs, no good. And the beard, and the beard at the end was a little weird looking too. Um, by the but way, I, I the am, wrinkles I am very sorry. Very good. Weird, yeah. I'm very, very, very sorry, um, Eileen, for spoiling the boys. Tweeted, thanks for the spoiler, and I feel very bad because I hate doing that, and I would hate having that done to me. And anyway, I'm sorry about that. Ugh, I feel bad. Oh. <sighs> um, well, back back to the end scene a little bit. Um, that was a lovely cover of Carry On My Wayward Son um, by, oh, was, by a group called Leone that are sisters. Yes, it was beautiful. But I loved how the last the last stanza of Carry On My Wayward Son just hit at the perfect moment for Dean arriving on the bridge and, and Sam showing up because it says, now your life's no longer empty. Surely heaven waits for you. And... It's just perfect. It's just perfect, and that was a beautiful cover. And yes, I, I was when I, on my second watch today. When I was watching again, I noticed that the words there at that scene too, and I was like, "Yeah, that's perfect." I also think it was really, uh, it was really smart of them to switch from the original Carry On Wayward Son to a softer, more melodic. So we went from the original, which is so hard rock of being driving, and then the shift of it being softer really fit the the emotional beat of that. 
Because mm-hmm. had you kept it yeah. hard rock, like it would have just been so weird. And yeah, hard. I agree. And it was a really smooth transition. Yeah. Also, I'm a sucker yeah, for I... any kind of cover song, so, you know. Mm. Yes. Um, I was I was on the on the I googled the lyrics to carry on to make sure I got them right and I said it says other recordings carry on oh, oh wayward son by Anthrax and I'm like did they cover that song because that would be interesting <laughs> that yeah that would be that would be weird I have to check that out <laughs> I don't uh, I actually saw Anthrax in concert once, and we'll keep that in the 90s where it belongs. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Actually, all the music in oh. this episode was, was very good. The the original music, Jay, Jay Gruska. And his usual theme, the song choices, and what, brothers in arms, playing, brothers in arms playing over. Oh my gosh, Empire. brothers in arms, Mark, Mark Knopfler, yes. When that hit, I was like, that's perfect because I mean, mm. brothers in arms, it's just that's so Sam and Dean, and yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, I can't believe they're actually playing that song. It was, it was so perfect. Mhm. Um, and oh, uh, they were in Canton, Ohio. Fifty. Um, we saw John's journal one more time. Um, their FBI and I liked that the singer in Kripke. <laughs> but oh, it, Bant Mime, son of a bitch! I love that scene. <laughs> 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 where he said that thing so that that was so good. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say those vampires in those masks, those masks were some of the scariest things I've seen. They were super creepy and very scary. And good God, one of them was ginormous. You know, we never saw him with yeah. his mask, um, but there was one of them that was huge. Is he like I assume that was done as a COVID thing so that you could have like a close quarters fight in a safe mm-hmm. way that follows, uh, you know, pro- protocols of filming that, that exist now and also not have to swap out stunt guys. Yeah, it was a perfect uh, way to do it. Because of the same, for the same protocols. But as, an, as a result, the effect of it was so alarming, especially when you go from home invasion, home invasion to realizing that they're vampires to, like, the whole progression of it. it it's, you know, as we said, it felt like an old episode in that it actually felt like there were high stakes. Clearly there were. Oops. Uh, but it felt creepy. It felt scary. It felt it felt like a horror show again. Oh. And it linked back to a case that John had worked on in the eighties. So that was really cool. Yeah, nice little nice little nod to John. 
nice nod to yeah. Dean um, Dean's recall and his research and like his studying of John's journal. Hmm. Honestly, all the way around, except for mainly Bobby's eyebrows, it was a perfect, perfect episode. Yeah. I mean, what I like, I can think of very few tweaks I would make, and what I would, the tweaks I would make that were, I feel slightly jarring or awkward, they're not worth um, quibbling over. Okay, I mean, fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do want to make a comment, though. This is, like, more of a fandom thing. Everyone who's complaining that she didn't go to Eileen, I'm going to tell you this right now. Eileen left the bunker that she was, I mean, they let her live there. She was living there with them. She chose to leave. She also chose to remain a hunter. So assuming she came back in the, when Jack brought everyone back, if Sam's leaving the life, you don't get to think that a woman is sitting there waiting for a man to show up on her doorstep brokenly. Get out of here with that. I do not want to hear you with it. Let Eileen have whatever life she assumedly had. Or if Jack put the world back on its axis, and in theory, Eileen died, not like Eileen was not supposed to exist again. Maybe we just right. put her in heaven. But either way, the idea that a woman is just sitting around waiting for a man to show up and, and, and take her back, get out of here. I'm not here for it. You're gross, and I don't want to hear you. And the character never seemed that way anyway, you know, unfortunately, towards the no, end. No, she was a, a very a fan I did not enjoy. Yeah, I did not enjoy the character no. of Eileen at any point. I don't think... She was a well-done character. It seemed like Sam had a friend, but but yeah, she got I mean, bad, and I hated that they kept I, sticking Sam with felt, her as a romance. But she didn't sit around and wait for him. That's for sure. I felt like it was very much a response to everyone going, "Sam needs a friend," and that was fine that you gave Sam a friend. I didn't particularly like the character or the portrayal, but fine, you gave Sam a friend. But of course. Because you gave Sam a female friend, you had to eventually make him sleep with her. Because heaven forbid we just have friends. Uh, oh, that makes me crazy. On any woman. show. Any show. Yeah, especially once you introduce a woman that I, it was just awkward and bizarre and unnecessary. And then to remove her autonomy, like to purposely have a narrative that removes her autonomy. And then for fandom mm-hmm. reaction to be like, hey, so we remove her autonomy even further? Yikes, you guys, yikes. Sometimes you have to when, think about what you're, what you're putting out there before you do it. Before the episode aired and I was trying to think of things that might happen and, at the, you know, I was thinking Sam and Dean were going to die together at the same time, I thought we might see Jessica in heaven. Because I thought mm-hmm. I always loved Sam and Jessica, so I thought that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a nice. Well, now they have all the time in the world to go find her. I mean, I would, would love to have seen her on screen, but you know, I can see Dean and Sam 
doing doing what they used to do, driving around with the music playing and just visiting everybody. Yeah. All those that we have lost along the way. Now I've got to go find sick about them living their life in heaven. And I haven't read I haven't read thick in years, but now I'm wanting to. <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate that we don't well, not everyone, but I think a lot of fans, most fans, don't need fix it thick on this. You know, nope. I mean, I no, but I think you know we're losing the we're losing the continuing narrative. And so, you know, since we did end on a beat where, like, they have eternity together now and they have eternity with their nearest and dearest, well, nearest and dearest is each other, but they also have, like, their friends and stuff. Uh, Like, you can get your, you know, your post-media fix through FIC in a very, uh, in a very fluffy way, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Or even if you want, you can bring them back alive. You know, I mean, it's supernatural, and Jack's still out there somewhere, and who knows? I mean, if you want to write that, write anything you want, you know, fanfic, and if you want to bring them back alive and to Earth, okay. That's what fanfic is for. But, but yeah, a really beautiful ending that, like, you don't need a fix-it fix for. I mean, great if you want to do more, but if you don't, you don't need one. You're like, oh, my God, that was terrible, and I need to fix this right now. Nope, not needed. Honestly, nope. I've always said that not Dollhouse, Joss Whedon Show Dollhouse is a very underrated show. It was only on for two seasons. Not many people watched it, but I really enjoyed it. And I've always said that the series finale for Dollhouse is one of the best I've ever seen. It was, I can't think of, you know, it was perfect for the show. And this one tops it, I think, in, in perfection and beauty and staying true to the show, I think Supernatural will top, you know, I think the Supernatural series finale tops the Dollhouse finale, in my opinion. Never watched it, don't mm. word for it. Right, not many people yeah, probably, did, but... I started yeah, watching I, um, Dollhouse, but I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't stay... In it, well, yeah, unfortunately. You, you got you got to go. It doesn't start getting to the heart of the matter of the show till about three fourths of the first season end. The first part of the mm-hmm. season, yeah, eh, you could kind of skip those. But when it gets to the heart of it, about three fourths in, and then the whole second season, it is top notch. Plus, it's got Mark Shepard in it, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, goodness. It was so lovely to see him on the retrospective special. Yes. Mm. I am glad they spoke with him. Me too. Yeah, and he had such lovely things to say. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad that. I mean, the thing with Mark is, you know, there was clearly bad bad blood, uh, and I will always forever appreciate his integrity and him taking Mm -hmm. the really disrespectful offer that they provided and going no, because as we know, not everybody who got that offer said no. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will always applaud Mark Shepard's integrity in that moment as an actor and just as someone who clearly respects himself. But uh, one thing Mark Shepard has always done is he's always been able to separate what went wrong there versus his commitment to the fandom. And I, you know, him showing up for the retrospective is him further showing that the fandom is what's important to him. And very few actors, I think, understand that. And I, I, for him, you know, he's a part of such so many shows that have, that are just deeply steeped in, the, in, in their fandom that I, it's impossible for him to not get it. So, um, yeah, I thought that was lovely to, to see him and hear, hear, hear the lovely things he had to say. Mm-hmm. And... I liked that every everyone interviewed on the show was on their own except Jared and Jensen. They did it together, just like just like they always do. Mm, well, we've got about nine and a half minutes left of live on air. I got nothing. Anything if else? I say anything else, I'll just start crying again. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's um. um can't think of anything. I mean, anything else we need to talk about? Any news? Any alerts? Um, uh, the Critics' Choice have a new awards this year called Critics' Choice Super Awards. I don't know what that means. But Supernatural <laughs> was nominated for Best Horror TV Series. And Jared and Jensen were both nominated for Best Actor in a Horror TV Series. Oh. <laughs> I think that's great. It's a good thing. And Winchester Bros isn't going anywhere. I mean, we may not be podcasting, you know, every week for new episodes, but right, the website's still around, Twitter's still around, keeping up on things. And who knows, we may do a surprise podcast every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we used to do, um, we used to do uh, like 
throwback uh, podcast where we watch an older episode and then talk about it. We could do that again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would old, be fun. To see which ones you guys want to hear. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I like it. Huh? Motion carried. What's that? Oh, all right. Aye, it is. Oh. Motion carried. Oh, motion carried. <laughs> all yes, all in favor? Aye. 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 <laughs> um, Unanimous decision. So we'll still be around. It won't be, you know, weekly or on a set schedule, mm-hmm. but we'll still be around. We have a caller uh, in our last few minutes. We have a caller. Oh. Oh, I, put, I put them on? Sure. Yeah. Hey, I know. Hello, caller. Hello, uh, Hello, hello. Can you hear hello? me? Hi, welcome yeah. to Winchester Radio. Hello, can you hear me? We yes. can hear you. Can you hear, can us? you hear us? I can hear you. Okay, Hi, so what's your I name? wanted to. This Christy. Is this Christy? Yeah, yeah. 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 Of course. The minute she said, can you hear me? I was like, oh, yeah. She better talk fast. Yeah, so like, when okay. I heard that May, I was like, it's um, her. Actually, I'm actually not calling. Real quick, it'll keep, yeah, it'll keep recording, but you'll end up. Your live will end, so you've got about six minutes. Go. Okay, I, I'm not for actually for one time. I'm not calling in to talk about Mark Shepard, even though he is awesome. Um, but <laughs> since this might be the last podcast, I wanted on behalf of everybody that's out here in fandom, I'm gonna start crying. Everybody out in fandom, I want to thank y'all for the time and the energy and the love that y'all poured into this show. Um, We've all benefited from it. Um, I know when I was new in fandom, um, y'all were some of the first people I followed to Winchester Brothers' account, and you were always biased and fair, and that was very much appreciated because I didn't really know um, a lot about fandom. I had never been on social media before on Twitter, so I appreciated that, and I've appreciated it ever since then that y'all have stayed biased and fair, and you never let any infighting um that was going on within the fandom really color what y'all did. And I appreciate that from the website to the Facebook, to the Twitter, to you individually um, with your ideas and thoughts about the show. And it's been a lot to all of us. And I just wanted to take the opportunity um, to say that to y'all because for a while, I think y'all needed to know that. So thank y'all. I love each and every one of you. And I thank you so much that y'all let me call in your podcast a few times and, um, waste a lot of time um, waxing poetically about Mark Shepard and, um, you know, because he is awesome. Again, I'd like to say that. But anyway. I am fragile right now. You can't do that to me. How dare you? (laughs) I know. Uh, Christy, making me cry. Well, well, (laughs) thank you. Just from me. This is from everybody because I know everybody feels the same way. Um, Y'all have meant a lot to us, and you carry the torch (laughs) And you've been there since day one, and we all appreciate it. And um, I know there have been times when it wasn't easy sometimes to uh, be a Supernatural fan when the writing got so bad, and y'all persevered through it, and now we've gotten this beautiful finale that has meant so much to all of us. And everything y'all said was was so good, and it was so true. And um, I don't know. I just am so appreciative of y'all, and I'm appreciative of everything that y'all have done and that y'all – um, held fast and you carried on so thanks 
I love you so much, Christy. Thank you. I love y'all. Thank you so I much. do. I, tr- I truly you. do. I truly love y'all. And I'm gonna I'm gonna love go you. ahead and hang up before I start crying. I love you, ladies. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for saying all that. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And Mark Shepard is awesome. You can't say it too much. It's yeah, true. it's very true. She speaks the truth on that. Um, we got a we got a suggestion that it might be a good idea, <laughs> considering that if you can, go oh yes, over I just thought a good okay. review. What? I just thought, yeah, yeah. Go over and leave a good review for the finale if uh, if that's how you feel. Um, the score is not good because there's so something IMDb? about the box, shall we say? Yes, on yeah, IMDb. On IMDb. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't hurt to leave a, a a like and a nice comment on the CW Supernatural uh, Instagram or whatever. Just just. Just to have some good positive. Yeah, like, I'm, sure the, I'm sure you know. Aside Thanks. from just the actors, the writers, directors, producers, the cast, the crew, there was a, so many people worked on this show and this episode. And you know, be nice. And I say that as somebody mm-hmm. who's not always nice, but I don't leave comments ugly where they can see them. So you know, do the same. Yeah, unless you're Robert Barron's, I don't care. <laughs> you could just ask my parting word. Or Jeremy Adams. <laughs> oh, well, Jeremy Adams can't ever see when I'm mean because he blocks me without me ever having to uh, tag him. Uh, but he can also expletive, expletive, expletive. But, um, yeah, so. Hey, Robert Bar- Robert Barron can cope, I guess. We'll leave it at that. Yep. He can cope. <laughs> All right, we're down to like uh, just under two minutes. Anything else? Yep, just about a minute here. Um, well, uh, we thank everybody for listening over the years. We really appreciate it. Um, your comments, your questions. And um, thank you to you guys. It's 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 been fun. It's been a fun ride. We have always had a good time here with all our crazy experiences for so many years. <laughs> Has it been like 13 years of podcasts? We didn't start first season, but it was close. So um, that's it. And we'll give a shout out to Jared and Jensen as Sam and Dean for being the foundation of the show and always professional, always good, always kind. And really making Supernatural such a treasure. And I think that's it. Anything else you guys want to say? Thanks for following us through the years. We appreciate it. That it? Let the boys play us out before we... Yep. Okay. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.